nothing. And peace be with you. I see that Daryl is uh, on for the announcements this morning, but before he comes up and, and does that, why don't I see him? Oh, it's the light is getting me. That's why he's... Well, if you were a gunfighter, that's exactly where you would want to stand. But uh, uh, I just want to uh, welcome, we have some uh, visitors today uh, that I'm thrilled to have. We have uh, Chuck and Carol. Uh, welcome, you guys. It's good to see you. And we have uh, Chris and David that are niece and nephew-in-law. I guess, from uh, Halen all the way in the north state, past north of Lake Shasta. And Shasta, are you at the base of the mountain, kind of? or Yeah, so welcome. And Chris is going to um, bless us with a musical gift. She's going to play piano during our communion. And um, also, as our closing song, we're going to be um, singing together Amazing Grace, which is on page 448 of the Green Hymnal. That'll be our sending song. Uh, as you can see, that's, you know, this is a one Sunday that, a month that we have, uh, usually don't have someone playing, so thank you. And uh, we'll have uh, recorded music uh, uh, for that as well. So without further ado, uh, Daryl, would you help us get up to date? Well, good morning. And uh, I want to I want to say one thing that we just had a wonderful, wonderful time yesterday over at Lee and Sharon's little anniversary party, and got to meet some of her family. and uh, And all of you there know what it was like, and the ones that weren't there, I want you to know it was just absolutely outstanding. So we had a really good time. Uh, as far as announcements, everything's pretty much written down here in the bulletin. Uh, one. One thing I want to make note of is the council meeting. Take note of that, because a lot of times I do the same thing. I just kind of blaze through that stuff and don't really read it. Uh, but the council meeting has been moved this month to the 25th instead of uh, where it normally is. And, uh, and then, of course, today, uh, after services, instead of our usual fellowship, uh, uh, the, the vices are putting on a nice little Super Bowls, and I got hot dogs and popcorn and all kinds of good stuff. So, plan to stop in and enjoy some of that. And of course, today is Super Bowl Sunday, so I wore my red. I see Sharon's got some red on, and unfortunately, it appears that the Eagles are going to win because Pastor's got Eagle Green on. So we're we're assuming that God's on their side this time. So, <laughs> anyway, that's all the announcements for now. And uh, we'll get on with it.
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. 
worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30 verses 15 through 20 and can be found page 320 in the Bible. Uh, this chapter is titled, Prosperity After Turning to the Lord. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life 
and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We'll read Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8, responsively, which is printed in your bulletin on page 6. Psalm 119, 1 through 8. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. The next reading is taken from the first book of Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, and can be found on page 1774 in the Pew Bible. In this, Paul writes on the divisions of the church. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I give you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service, and you are God's field, God's building. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand if you're able. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 37, and can be found on, your, you know, in, on 1501 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. 
But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or a sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or a sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. And first go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gift. Settle your matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court, and do it while you are still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown in prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said that anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows that you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. <clears throat> so this week, we continue to work our way through the Sermon on the Mount, as we heard in this week's Gospel. And you'll recall that this is the third week in a row that our gospel has come from that Sermon on the Mount. In the first week, we 
heard the Beatitudes taught, and they were taught us uh, that in spite of the fact that we are spiritually poor, God blesses us for Jesus' sake. And then last week we learned that Jesus will always be with us so that we can be salt and light no matter where we go. And so this week we get to learn what Jesus thinks about some of the Ten Commandments. And one of the things that we learned about the Sermon on the Mount is this, and that is that Jesus was intentionally instructing his disciples. The teaching in the Sermon on the Mount is for the church. Unbelievers might hear this sermon, but it would be a mystery to them unless the Holy Spirit worked faith in their hearts. It is especially important this week that we understand that Jesus is teaching his, his church in this sermon. You see, the Ten Commandments were originally given only to the Israelites. And that was when God spoke to them on or from the Mount of Sinai, Mount Sinai. And if if they were mentioned in no other place, if the Ten Commandments were mentioned in no other place, then we could say that the Ten Commandments were given only for the nation of Israel in that time and that place. However, when Jesus speaks about the Ten Commandments today, he is teaching his church how she is to regard those commandments. Now, if you were thinking that Jesus might back off a little bit with regard to the Ten Commandments, um, well, it's one of those cases you think again. He not only asks us to keep the Ten Commandments as they were given to Israel, but he even raises the bar you know, several magnitude levels above what the Ten Commandments say. Let me explain. Murder, as we know, is taking a human life without just cause or due process. And Jesus raised the bar by saying that hatred is murder. The saying goes, you've heard this, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And Jesus says the opposite. He says, if you insult someone, that is equal to murder. And adultery. Adultery is any kind of sexual activity outside of marriage. And Jesus raises the bar to include even our thoughts. So what does that say about pornography? Well, by the way, I need to mention to the ladies that this is not just the visual stuff that comes and corrupts men. It also includes novels and 
the romantic hero of those novels or Netflix series that makes a heart race just a little bit. It also includes times when a husband has been a clod. And you remember that there were other men in your life that you could have married instead of the clod. And Jesus raises the bar to include all of this kind of thinking. Jesus does this sort of thing quite a lot. And by the time he gets through the Ten Commandments, we must all admit that we break them, all of them, every day. We have gotten so used to breaking them that we often break them and don't even notice it. Martin Luther got it right when he teaches what sins we are to confess. In the small catechism, he asks, what sins should we confess? And his answer is this. Before God, we should plead guilty of all sins, even those that we do not know, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. Then, if we are tempted to think that sins are not all that serious, Jesus tells us to amputate all of the body parts that cause us to sin. He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body may go into hell. So you know it is pretty serious stuff when Jesus starts talking about hell. In Matthew 15, 19, Jesus said, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. And the Holy Spirit inspired Moses to write in Genesis chapter 6, 5, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, continually. It is not the hands or the eyes that need amputating. The seed of our sin is in our hearts. Some pastors say the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. We need to get rid of our sinful hearts. And I I always find it just a little bit puzzling when people tell me that they have given their heart to Christ as though that were some sort of a noble gesture gesture on, on their part. The sin in our hearts is absolutely disgusting. A jar of raw sewage would be a better gift than our old sinful hearts. God wants our filthy, sinful hearts, though. He wants them so that he can destroy them. 
God is not interested in receiving our hearts as a gift. Instead, he is interested in taking our hearts and pulling them to death. As the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this in Romans 6, 3, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And in Romans 6, 6, he says, We know that our old self, our old Adam, was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. And then in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When Jesus went to the cross, he took our filthy, toxic, sinful hearts with him. And with his death, he put those hearts to death. Okay, so what about the big empty space that is left behind? We can't live without hearts. So how does God address this problem? Well, this happens in holy baptism. As the Holy Spirit also inspired Paul to write about the removal of the heart The Holy Spirit also inspired Paul to tell of the new heart. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, he said this, If anyone, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And he also writes in Romans 6, 5, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And also, Paul writes in Romans 6, 8, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So when the Holy Spirit plants faith in us, he does a heart transplant. He removes our filthy hearts of sin, and he replaces them with a clean and holy heart of Jesus Christ himself. And now, although we have the holy heart of Christ within us, we still live in a sinful world. Temptations. Temptations still attack us, and it's from all directions, and we often suffer defeat. That is when our heart, our new heart, convicts us of sin, and it drives us back to the cross, where once again we confess our sins, and we receive forgiveness for all of our sins. And in this way, God keeps our new heart clean until he takes us away from this world of sin to live with him forever where our hearts will never be sinful again. Each and every one of us was born with a toxic heart. It was a heart that loved sin and hated God. And over time, 
Our continuous sinning only made our hearts blacker and more toxic, and there was no way that we could give our hearts as a gift to God. Instead, God took our filthy hearts and he destroyed them. He destroyed them at the cross. And now, through your holy baptism, he gives us his heart. And by the power of that heart, we fear, we love, and we trust in him above all things. We will turn to him in time of trouble and when temptations overwhelm us. It is his heart that draws us to him in confession and in the sure and certain knowledge that God loves us for Christ's sake and that God will forgive us for Christ's sake. And it is because Christ has given us his heart that we will live with him in heaven and rejoice before his throne forever. This is the new heart that God has created in all of us who believe. In the name of Jesus, amen. How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the The end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages. Step down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me His own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. 
Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty and Heavenly Father, we gather this morning as one, wherever we are, to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything, everything you have given us individually and for our nation. Many of our citizens today deny that our blessings come from you, if they even recognize your existence. And even your faithful tend to forget your generosity and grace when times are good which they most often have been for many decades. 
We know we sin against you when our thoughts and actions don't bring praise and honor to you. And we're sorry, so sorry, for our short-sightedness. We know that you forgive our sins through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. But we also know that as a father who loves us, that you may discipline us to bring our focus back to you. Through your gift of Holy Scripture, we can read and understand that you have brought humanity back to you many times since Adam and Eve first walked the earth. Please, Lord, help us recognize our sins and correct our paths to please you, our Creator. Holy Father, for the sake of your faithful, please save us from the trials we face today, whether of our own selfish making or otherwise. Dear Lord, the potential loss of our personal freedoms in our nation, including our freedom to worship you, the perpetual lying by our government representatives and leaders, and the chaos encouraged by your fallen angel, Satan, has brought us to hate each other and trust no one. Even our schools, from elementary to universities, have been infiltrated by teachers and administrators who seek to pervert your word and precepts to entice our children to follow evil desires. Our world, correction, your world, Lord, now teeters on world war. As your chosen King David once lamented, the enemies are at the gates, even inside the gates of our nation, and they intend to destroy us. We're fearful and overwhelmed. Only you can save us, and we plead for your mercy. You are Almighty God, and there is no one and nothing more powerful. You have reminded us that you will not forsake us, and you will always provide what we truly need. Please calm our hearts and minds, and enable us to focus on your saving grace and the promises you have made to always protect and keep us. We pray for those who are lonely, distraught, fearful, in despair, or frustrated and angry. Please help us provide the care and counsel that would alleviate their stress and bring comfort to those who feel lost and powerless. We pray for healing for those we know who are sick or injured. We ask that they be healed in our presence, but if that is not your will, that they be brought home to you without pain or suffering, and that those remaining here would be comforted by your Holy Spirit. We continue to pray for our fellow citizens and family who may face the prospect of lost jobs, their income, their health, and maybe their lives. Please guide our leaders to find the proper way to mend our nation's well-being in terms of health, financial stability, and national security. We also pray for the well-being of those innocent families who have been enticed to enter our country illegally. We pray for the wisdom and resolve to fix the problem we have created without further harm. We also pray for those in Turkey and Syria who have been severely impacted by earthquakes. May the unfaithful among them turn to you for comfort in the midst of this tragedy. Thank you, Lord, for shining a light on those who lie, obstruct, and distort good news and encouraging messages for their own self-gain. Your light, Holy Father, causes the evil of Satan to scurry for the shadows and silences the selfish. At the same time, your light gives us peace, Lord, 
Thank you and your Holy Spirit for the constant reminder of your presence in our lives. We pray for the safety of our military members, police, firefighters, and medical professionals. Please shield all of them from harm. Dear God Almighty, thank you for the rain and the snow you have brought forth to heal our drought-ridden land. Thank you for beautiful sunsets, sunrises, full moons, and snow-capped mountains that divert our attention from daily worries and turn our thoughts to your creation. And thank you for the diversity of humanity throughout the world. Your artful hand in all creation is truly a marvel, often incomprehensible to us. And we ask the Holy Spirit to enable us to see creation through the Creator's perfect eyes rather than our sinful ones. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would open our eyes to the blessings surrounding us and be thankful, but also to be aware and recognize the clever enticements of Satan and his followers so that we can remain steadfast in our faith in your Son, our Lord. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. Sharing our life, he lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give away to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. So here at uh, Reformation Lutheran Church, we believe that Holy Communion is a um, holy sacrament that Jesus gave to us. We believe uh, that he is present in the sacrament of, of the altar. We, we believe that he is uh, in, on, and around, and above and below the sacraments. We do not believe that he is, the wine turns into blood, and we do not believe that the bread turns into actual flesh. Okay, so we don't have any cannibalism going on here. But he is present, and that is his promise, that I am with you always. We also believe that uh, the holy sacrament of the altar delivers, rescues us from sin, death, and the devil. And it is an assurance of everlasting life and salvation, a means of grace. Now, if you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I heard you do it, then come, the table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward. Also on the wine, uh, the outer limit is wine, and the inner circle is uh, a juice, non-alcoholic. Come, the table is prepared. I want to thank you again, Chris, for blessing us with your gift that God gave you in playing. Thank you so much. Our closing hymn will be uh, Amazing Grace, if I remember. It's 448 in the Pew Bible. And uh, without further ado, now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
us go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. And stay with hot dogs and popcorn.